he gave me the belief that, you know, if you really want something and you really want to work hard, you can achieve whatever you want. And um, like I said, the guy saved my career. I've got nothing but love and respect for him. One guest, 10 songs, 10 reasons. Music was my first love on Radio Glamorgan. My guest on this edition of Music Was My First Love is a retired British track and field athlete, specifically a sprinter who specialised in 100 metres and was a regular member of the GB 4x100 relay team. As an individual, he won the silver medal in the 100 of the 2010 European Athletics Championship and silver in the Commonwealth Games the same year. He also won several indoor 100 metre medals However, arguably his greatest and I suspect proudest achievement was when he anchored the GP in Northern Ireland 4x100m relay team to a gold medal at the 2004 Summer Olympics. He retired with personal best times of 10.4 in the 100m and 20.89 in the 200. I'm talking about Mark Lewis Francis and we'll hear from Mark after his opening choice of 10 from Brandy. Mark Lewis Francis, welcome to Radio Glamorgan's John Mill Studio, and particularly to music was my first love. Thank you for having me. Tell me about your first choice from Brandy. First choice from Brandy is a childhood memory for me. You know, um, it's something that used to be played around the house a lot. You know, um, good vibes, dancing. You know, um, and just my youth, really, more than anything else. So, was there a lot of music growing up at home? Oh, most definitely, more music than TV. Yeah, you know, good. Definitely, my parents are from the Caribbean, so it was always yeah. music in the house. You know, come on from school, music would be playing in the background low. So yeah, yeah, music was a main factor in my life growing up. And older, older siblings or younger? Um, older sister. She's um, forty-one. If she don't mind me saying, you know. So um, would you pick music up from her? Um, definitely, because she's very um, eclectic, you know, um, she had a massive range of music that she used to enjoy, yeah. you know, um, and then obviously as we got older, you know, um, we used to have DJ competitions, you know, <laughs> our rooms were opposite each other, so we used to have sound sound offs, you know, um, growing up, so yeah. But that drove your parents mad. Uh, we lived in a townhouse, so we, oh, was, fine, on, was, a we was on the top floor, so, you know, my mom didn't really mind. Yeah. You know, downstairs watching EastEnders or something. <laughs> were you always, in, in terms of watching it on TV or live, were you always a sports fan? Um, Yes and no, you know, um, you know, my story is very deep, you know, um, we used to watch a lot of cricket, you know, a lot of football in my house, you know. Um, I got into athletics because, you know, I was a disengaged child at school. You know, okay. That's what you want to call it. And um, sport kind of found a balance for me, you know, which got me more focused in school because I had mm. something to look forward to and something to focus on. Mm. You know, because um, academically, you know, I wasn't the best in the class at the time, you know. Um, and um, sport kind of pulled me into focus if that made yeah. sense so yeah I was a very energetic energetic child so yeah well it's interesting because Frank Bruno says if he hadn't have found boxing he'd have probably ended up inside <laughs> no, <I wouldn't laughs> no that's my biggest fear that would never have happened <laughs> uh, we'll talk some more but tell me about your second choice then from Bob Marley Bob Marley again like I said my parents are from the Caribbean so there was a lot of reggae um, played in the house you know Bob Marley is one of my favourites you know one of those songs that you could just close your eyes and take yourself somewhere you know so yeah this is why I chose this song I wanna love you and treat you right. And as far as that song's concerned, you also said that's what the world needs. A hundred percent, a little bit of love. <laughs> so, I, I guess you were implying before that athletics saved you. Yeah, definitely. It gave me a purpose. It gave me something to focus on. You know, um, 
again, I started athletics when I was 13 years old, you know, um, that age where you just start high school, you kind of feel a bit lost, you know, you got to go to seven different lessons instead yeah. of having one teacher. So it was a bit too much for me, you know, um, but athletics kind of made me tune in. You know? And was there, once you got into it, was there anyone that you aspired to be like that you would watch on TV? Because oh, you would have started course. watching athletics on of course, TV. Of course, right? it's got to be Linford Christie. You yeah. know, um, Barcelona 1992 was definitely a highlight for me, you know. Um, watching someone that looks like you achieve amazing things yeah. is very inspiring, you know. Um, and for me, that kind of made me believe that anything's possible if you put your mind to it. Yeah. So, yeah, athletics was definitely the route that I wanted to go down. And when you were taking part in a PE and games in school, was there any particular teacher who said, hello, this boy is fast? Mr. Zydell. Mr. Know, Zydell. Um, Mr. Zydell. I used to play a bit of rugby in high school, yeah. but I was the only one that left the pitch clean because no one could catch me. <laughs> right, so, um, okay. <laughs> so he was like, you need to be a track and field athlete. You know, yeah. um, rugby is not for you, you know, um, you know, because any time I did take a hit, oh, it was hard. <laughs> but um, again, you know, um, because athletics is an individual sport, whatever I put in, I got back out. Yeah. You know, um, with rugby, when my team lost, I kind of took it a bit personal, you know, because yeah. I was always the one giving it 110%. So, um, yeah, that's why track and field was perfect for me. And I guess with a team event, the trouble with being that 110% perfectionist is that everybody else is not. Exactly, exactly. You, you burst onto the athletic scene uh, at an early age, but at 18 you didn't attend the Sydney Olympics. Was that a coaching decision not to go, or parental or other reasons? Um, it was a conscious decision, you know. I was 16 years old, um, way too young to attend an Olympic Games of such magnitude, you know. Yeah. Um, I had the World Junior Championships in the same year. I think me and my coach made the right decision to go to the World Junior Championships because I never went to a major championships before that. Right. So it was stepping stones. Yeah. Um, I ended up going to the World Junior Championships and coming on with two gold medals, which enabled me to be a professional athlete because I signed my first contract as soon as I got back home, right. which enabled me to focus on the sport. So if it was, to, yeah, was the right decision? Definitely. If I went to the Olympics, I would have probably bailed out in the semifinals yeah. and I would have just been another number. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I have to admit... Uh, Mark, that a lot of the music you've chosen uh, isn't known to me. Um, and although some of the artists are, I don't know the song, so I'm relying uh, a lot on your help. And next up is a track called uh, Wait For You From Future. Tell me about this one. <laughs> um, it's just a beautiful song. You know, um, this is one of the songs for the moment, really. You know, um, it's a song that I'm, I'm enjoying at the moment. It's on my current playlist. And it, um, yeah. Early in the morning, late at night. It don't even matter what time it is. Mark Lewis Francis, third choice on this edition of Music Was My First Love uh, from Future. I wanted to ask you about the relay. Yeah. Is the relay something that an athlete wants to do, or is it uh, the GB coaching staff saying, hey, he'd be good in that? No, a relay is something that an athlete wants to do. Really? 100%. 100%, yeah. 100%. And and the changeovers at the 4x100 look like a free-for-all. <laughs> and obviously, baton changing takes a lot of practice. Is it as stressful as it looks? Most definitely. But yeah. once you've got it, you've got it. You know, um, I was very fortunate to stick to the same leg. Yeah. So I was always the, f um, the last leg runner. So all I had to do is receive the baton. You yeah. know, um, I was no good at, at all at giving the baton. You know, right. Butter fingers and all the rest of it. You know, um, but yeah, it's something. It's the end of the championships. It normally happens. Yeah. Um, it's maybe it's just sometimes the last event, um, and it's one of the events that you can't predict. 
You know, um, and is that why you athletes want to do it because of its, its excitement and unpredictability? Most definitely, and the chance that you could win a, win, a medal as well. Yeah, it's, it's it's one of those events that if you put the work in, you'll definitely achieve. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah, we did that in two thousand and four. And I suppose the four by four hundred is slightly different because you don't yeah. have that manic nah, changeover, you but you have lactic in your legs on the home straight. Yeah, which is very hard. So um, yeah, why did you, uh, you you turn down the chance to train abroad? Mm -hmm. Why? I'm from Birmingham originally. I'm yeah. a very homely person. You know, um, I had a very good coach at the time, Steve Platt. And um, for me to leave him after he made me have so much success to go to America and not know and just be another number, it just was never on the cards. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I believe that we've got everything that we need here, you know, which, apart from the warm weather, obviously. Yeah. But... Um, <laughs> We've got everything here, you know, and, um, it's in, and, and it's been proven, you know. Um, we went away on warm weather training camps, but I always wanted to keep my coach at that time. Yeah. You know, so it was never really an option. Tell me, um, sorry, so you don't regret it? Not at all. Not at all, not at all. Tell me about your fourth, fourth choice uh, from the wonderful named Daps on the Map. Uh, that's my little cousin. Ah right, okay. Yeah, yeah Daps on the Maps. Um he's he's an artist from Birmingham. He's just he's releasing an album very soon and um you know, just to give him, you know, a, a moment in my playlist I thought, you know, I might as well choose one of his songs and this is my little girl's favourite song. Beautiful. Let me notice your truth right now. A couple of uh, people, Mark, that I wasn't expecting to see amongst your ten songs. Uh, one of those being Harry Styles. You a big fan? <laughs> um, I told my little girl I'm, I'm, I'm coming on this show and she was like, okay. I said, i got to pick ten songs. So she was adamant that Harry Styles had to be in here. So, you know, this is for my little girl, Fionn. You know, um, yeah, this is her favourite song at the moment. And it's called... Oh, <laughs> it's called As It Was. <laughs> You're listening to another edition of Radio Glamorgan's Music Was My First Love with a former British athlete and now South Wales resident Mark Lewis Francis choosing 10 of his favourite tracks. As you can tell, I'm a bit of an R&B, hip-hop kind of guy. You know, that's one of my favourite songs by Drake. You know, Drake's definitely one of my favourite artists, you know, um, at the moment. So, yeah. yeah, that's one of the reasons why I picked that song. A good change for the Americans. In fact, it was terrible. Kobe Miller with a baton now. Marlon Devon is trying to get Great Britain into this. Nigeria in the lead as they go into the last straight. Mark Lewis Francis has it for Britain in the front. Maurice Green coming down on him. Mark Lewis Francis has a chance of glory here. Maurice Green is coming. Mark Lewis Francis gets it, I think. Oh, it was so close. He thinks he's got it. 38-09. What a performance. Well, I said anything could happen, but you know what? I didn't think it would be a gold medal for Great Britain. It's gone up on the scoreboard. It's confirmed. Another gold medal. What a night. I've seen that video. You were happy. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, um, Mark, about the <coughs> excuse me, the experience of winning gold at the 2004 Olympic relay, along with uh, Messrs. Devonish, Campbell, and Gardner. Explain to people like me who don't know the different emotions you go through, because 
you're on that anchor leg, you're holding off Morris Green, cross the finish line first, and all that two days after failing to qualify for the 100 metres final. So what goes through your mind during that last 100 metres and then crossing the line? Um, long story. Um, you know, for us, it was four years in the making, you know, um, four years of hard work. We went into the Olympic Games as the underdogs. You know, people didn't think we would even get a medal, you know. Um, so for us, it was a belief kind of situation. You know, we believed in ourselves. We believed we could go out there and we could achieve. You know, um, we had a good coach, Steve um, Steve Perks, mm-hmm. a Welsh guy, you know. Um, and, um, you know, he just believed in us. And um, we believed in ourselves. And the energy was amazing. To describe what the feeling was like crossing that line is indescribable. Um, from a child to an adult, that's always been a dream of mine, to win an Olympic gold medal. Mm-hmm. So when you actually do it, it's still surreal. Even now, just listening back to the, v- the, the VT, the video, you know, um, it still doesn't seem like I did it, you know. It still doesn't seem real, you know. Um, but, yeah, amazing, amazing, amazing. Um, the only way I could describe it is, like, 25 Christmases rolled up in one. Really? And you're getting the, the present that you really wanted, you know. And can you... Because the, the 4x100 is so quick, mm-hmm. can you follow what's going on? in the pre- three previous legs and where your guy is, where your team is in position, and or is it just concentrating on getting that baton and running? So for me, I only used to watch the first leg right. just to make sure there was no false starts and, you know, our team actually got started. Once after that, you just kind of go into a zone, um, remember what the coach told you to do. Look out for the incoming runner, which was at the time while on Devonish for me. As soon as he hit the check mark, which we lay on the track, it all goes blank. And then you go into fly or fly, you know. And as soon as I heard hand, I received the baton. And when I received the baton, I was like, wow, I got the baton in first place. And then it just went blank. I just went into autopilot. Mm. And I remember the last five metres towards the line as I glanced across, dipping towards the line, not seeing anybody. It looks close on the video, but Mm. in real life it was definitely not that close. And, and then the realisation of you've won an Olympic gold medal and then you, if you watch the video you see the explosion so oh across yeah the line. So I know. for me um, yes one of the greatest achievements I've ever achieved but not the best okay I'll, I'll come back to that can you also describe the feeling on the podium during the national anthem oh, amazing you know we're going through hard times at the moment you know with um, the passing of the Queen you know so for me standing on the podium flying the flag for my country one of the proudest moments I've ever done or ever been a part of in my whole life mm. you know um, yeah definitely did shed a tear this is a great name tell me about your next choice from Wizkid ha hmm. Wizkid this song's a beautiful song it gets you up and it gets you dancing give me all you need 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 make I give you all you're listening to Music Is My First Love with athlete Mark Lewis Francis choosing 10 of his favourite songs. Now, you mentioned the big guy earlier. <laughs> Although you were hampered by injury, what was the experience of being coached by Linford Chrissy like? Because I, I would imagine he was a hard taskmaster. Not really. No? Very understanding. You yeah. know, um, he saved my career. You know, um, 2008, I tore my Achilles tendon. I couldn't go to Beijing Olympics. I was in the shape of my life. Heartbroken. You know, uh, moved down to London, you know, from Birmingham. You know, and it was very tough times down there, you know, not knowing anybody, you know, and just staying focused to track and field. And um, I was, while I was training, I tore my Achilles. And then in 2009, 
I tore my other Achilles. So I had to make the brave decision of leaving the coach that I was with at the time. And I didn't know who I could go to as a coach. So um, I was training at Brunei University at the time and I seen Linford and I asked him, you know, um, can we have a meeting? So he invited me around to his house and that moment there alone was very inspiring. You know, mm. um, sat down in his house, you know, um, had a conversation. He said he would coach me. So in 2009 of, se- no, 2009 of September, we started training and um, got rid of all my injuries. Went back in 2010 as an athlete. Didn't have a great start to the season. Um, came back for the outdoor season and ended up winning a European silver medal and a Commonwealth gold and silver medal. And people was telling me to retire previously. Mm. So he gave me the belief that, you know, if you really want something and you really want to work hard, you know, um, you can achieve whatever you want. And um, like I said, the guy saved my career. I've got nothing but love and respect for him. You had um, great success uh, in your junior career and, and with the relay team. Mm-hmm. You, you won medals as, as a what I would call a single track runner, but you didn't hit the Linford Christie Heights. Yeah. Is there disappointment there? Regret? Not, not really. Um, you got to remember, as a junior, I was I, I broke all the records that were known to man as a junior athlete. You know, um, and then transferring over to the seniors and it becoming a job, it changed the dynamics of mm. my passion. Um, and I was doing things that I didn't want to do, going places that I didn't want to go to. You know, you know, it was a lot. Spending a lot of time away from home, kind of fell fell out of love with the sport. Yeah. You know, um, but at the same time, still love competing, but not competing at the best. You know, mm. and after 2008, tearing my Achilles tendon, it was hard to get motivated. You know, um, so I had to change my surroundings and moving to Linford helped me. You know, I may not have achieved the heights of Linford Christie, but after two Achilles ruptures, mm. you know, and coming back in 2010, I think I did something that not a, not a lot of athletes could have done. You know, because mentally it was it was it was draining. You know, um, and having a young family at the time as well, it was very draining. So um, yeah, it's just it's just what it is. I had a great career. You know, I achieved what I achieved. You know, um, it it showed me the world. You know, um, and I get, I got to stand on the Olympic podium. Absolutely, so, yeah. So for me, yeah, I, I, I was satisfied with that. And you talked about the injuries when we talked about Linford. When you have to go, when you have an injury, a sportsman of any sport, and they talk about this a lot in football, I would presume that as well as the physical rehabilitation, there's a mental side because it must be soul destroying that you can't run for six, seven months if the injury is that bad. And that's the thing, too, and you're always scared of it happening again. And the experience of tearing my Achilles tendon while I was doing block work, pushing out the blocks, was daunting. So there was a block there for me, you know, and Linford helped me lift that block and he got me back to running free again, you know. Um, so for me, um, yeah, injury is a terrible thing. So if there's any young athletes listening, stretch, drink lots of water and do the stuff that you hate doing. <laughs> <laughs> so what brought you to South Wales? My missus, my two kids, you know, uh, my missus is Welsh um, and, you know, being down here and the lifestyle... Um, being up in the valleys, you know, it's 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 just a lot more slower pace, you know. Yeah. And um, I enjoy it, man. I'm doing a lot more walking, you know. I'm, I'm I'm seeing the great outdoors, you know. How long you been here? Three years now, three years, and it's a beautiful place to live. Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah. 
Good. Uh, right, what have we got next? The Notorious B.I.G. You have to have a bit of Biggie in there, don't you? Yeah. yeah somebody that I definitely listen to a lot as a, as a young athlete. And this is Juicy. That's right. This album is dedicated to all the teachers that told me I never amount to nothing. To all the people that lived above the buildings that I was hustling from that called the police on me when I was just trying to make some money to feed my daughter. Yeah. Let's talk a bit about the 2022 Commonwealth Games, an amazing success for Birmingham, and you were there with the media. How was it being there? Because it really put Birmingham on the international map, didn't it? Most definitely. Um, as an ex-athlete, I was very jealous. You know? Well, that was my next question. Yeah, yeah, as my hometown and not being able to compete in that amazing stadium, definitely jealous. But as a, somebody that was working there behind the scenes, seeing how much work gets put in, amazing. You know, I, I think Birmingham did really well. You mm. know, um, there was a lot of speculation beforehand. Would they do it? Would they not do it? You know, especially with, you know, COVID and everything. Yeah. And I think they pulled it off. I think they pulled it off really well. So, yeah, I'm very proud of my city at the moment. Very, well, it, very it came over well mm, on definitely, TV. Definitely. Uh, but is it, not just being in your hometown, but in general, is it hard being at an athletic event and not running? Yes, yes, because yeah. you, you know, you still, you're still twitching to go. You know, you're out um, the blocks, oh, aren't you? Hundred percent, <laughs> you know. Um, and the mind always tells, oh, I could have, I, I could have medaled there, but the body says, no, you couldn't. There's no way. <laughs> what difference do the blocks make? And I asked that question because was it? And I think it was Alan Wells who didn't use blocks. He used to have a standing start. Blocks does, does it give you a push? Important. Not really a push, but it kind of sets you up. You know, um, when you're in a. Um, in the block position, you know, your body's in the cor correct position to drive out of the blocks yeah. to get to maximum speed, you know, so it does work, you know, there's three stages in, af um, in sprinting, drive phase, afterburners, and then the cruise phase, you yeah. know, and the blocks gets you to that high velocity, um, velocity speed, you know, and then, you know, if you do the work in the first 60 meters, yeah. the last is, the rest is easy work, you know, so the blocks do set you up. I was rubbish at sporting school, but apparently I was fast. Um, how and indeed why uh, did you get into bobsleighing? <laughs> it was a divorce from athletics. <laughs> you were know, on the rebound, I were you? I was on the rebound. <laughs> it was hard to say I need to retire. So I was given the opportunity to, to do a bit of bobsleigh, which made me stop running, you know, because it's yeah. opposite seasons, you know. So there's no way you could have done two. So... Um, I got into bobsleigh, it was amazing, but it was absolutely scary at the same time, yeah. you know, um, and for me, it was a good three years, but I would never do it again. Okay. Nah, never, never, never. Do you still keep yourself fit? Not really, no. you know, I think lockdown kind of devastated me more than anything yeah. else, you know, with the gyms closing, I kind of found myself munching on the same food as the kids yeah. and then, you know, putting on a bit of weight and not being motivated to get back in the gym. But recently, I have joined the gym again, so Good. hopefully, you know, I turned 40 the other day, so hopefully I can get back down to um, below 100 kg. Well, take it from <laughs> me, don't wait until you're 50, because it's harder. Ah, it's hard now, it's hard now. Bit of Ed Sheeran for your penultimate choice, Mark, and this time along with the lovely Beyonce. That's right, this is my wedding song. This is, this is the song that I'm going to have my first dance to. And this version. Dancing in the dark with you between my arms barefoot on the grass while listening to our favorite song let's talk about we'll we'll sum up in a minute but let's talk about your your final choice mark um which is from billy eilish along with khalid 
Yes, this song again is a choice of my little girls. You know, um, you should have just had her on. Should, yeah, she would have definitely entertained everybody tonight. She's very forward for seven years <laughs> old. But um, yeah, this is one of the songs that she does her TikToks to. <laughs> <laughs> As you uh, look back over your professional career, you may have already answered this by something you said earlier, but is that gold medal uh, your proudest moment? It's a proud moment, but it's not my proudest moment. My proudest moment has got to be the European Championships and the Commonwealth Games because right. I really had to work for that. You know, um, again, all the odds were against me. People were telling me to retire. I lost my Nike contracts. I was a sponsorless athlete at the time, solely independent, using my own money. Well, you know, you know what I mean. Yeah. You know, um, and supporting the family at the time too. So for me, 2010. European Championships in Barcelona where my coach at the time won his Olympic gold medal mm. was absolutely one of my highlights of my career proudest moment and you're a long time retired as a sportsman that's it um, apart from the media stuff is there still any involvement in athletics you do any coaching like I said you know I was doing a lot of work with schools going into schools you know telling my story motivating the next generation and then coronavirus hit and it made me realise that you know we are vulnerable as people, you know, mm. and we can't really put all our eggs into one basket. So um, I kind of stepped away from that, um, opened up a hair and beauty salon. Um, I had the hair and beauty salon before Corona, but it just made me focus on other things away from sport, mm. you know, um, property and all the rest of it, just so, you know, I can always keep my head above water. Mm. One final question, because we were talking about it off air. It sounds like you've got a lovely, adorable family. Mm -hmm. Uh, seven-year-old, eighteen-month-old. Eighteen-month-old. Eight, 18 18 yeah. Uh, you're happy in South Wales. I am. I am. I am. You know, um, for me, the Welsh people are very friendly. Yeah. Very warm. Particularly valleys. I'm Welsh telling people. you, very open. You know, um, and like I've been down here for three years, and it feels like I've been down here forever. Mm. You know, um, you know, Mrs. is amazing. Her family's amazing. You know, um, and it's 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 just nice to be able to. Be able to leave your door open and no one walk in. <laughs> <laughs> You'll go if there's nothing left now. Um, well, now that we've come out of uh, COVID, uh, it's nice to be able to have some music as my first love guest back in the studio. And Mark, it's been great to meet you. Thank you for Thank coming Thank you here. for having me. Thank you. I'm in a glass, my mind of stone. Tell me the pieces, skin of bone. Hello, welcome home. You've been listening to Music Was My First Love on Radio Glamorgan, where Birmingham-born and now Welsh resident Mark Lewis Francis has been choosing 10 of his favourite songs. I'm Andrew Wolfe, and join me again soon when someone else chooses 10 of their favourite tracks on another edition of Music Was My First Love. Music of the future